Now I'll be coming to our political panel shortly but firstly I'm also joined in studio by Dr Keanu Crohor, lecturer in criminal justice at Maynooth Department of Law because as I mentioned at the top an overwhelming vote of no confidence in the Garda Commissioner by rank and file Garda has left the Commissioner shaken RTE's crime correspondent Paul Reynolds is reporting in his online analysis piece this morning he's described it himself as a kick in the teeth now Keen, this is ostensibly about rostering issues and we can get your view on the other factors that are involved but just in brief for people who maybe haven't been following this in detail what is this rostering issue over which these matters have come to a head? Thanks very much Colin. So <clears throat> fundamentally what the Angarda Shukana the leadership are trying to do is move back to the pre-Covid rostering uh, which was six days on, four days off and 10 hour shifts. Now during Covid to increase the availability of manpower, they shifted to four days on, four days off. And for obvious reasons, in terms of quality of life and also the opportunities to get overtime, uh, a lot of rank-and-file Gardaí, they prefer the, uh, the, the COVID model, the COVID rostering, uh, and there is a lot of opposition to moving back to the six days on, two days, or six days on, four days off model. And the original roster, the pre-COVID roster, I think it's referred to as the Westminstown roster, mm-hmm. That was agreed to and signed up to and signed off on. So is there any break on the Garda Commissioner reverting to it or is he trying to do it by agreement and there's resistance to that? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. So fundamentally, this is an, like an industrial relations problem for Angarda Shukhan. I mean, we may come to some of the other issues that are being discussed, um, but the industrial relations question is, it seems to me at least, and I'm not an industrial relations expert by any means, but it seems quite straightforward is that, you know, that there is an opportunity. It is possible for Angarda Shukhan to move, to maintain the current model. I mean, they did, they, they brought it in during COVID. There's absolutely no reason in the world they can maintain it. The issue seems to be around resourcing. Uh, so there's a resourcing problem. I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid using the term crisis because that may be bandied about quite a bit. Uh, there's a resourcing problem within Angarda Shukana and management feels uh, that this ro- shifting rostering is, is one of the best strategies to address that resourcing problem. Now, whether they've br- managed, it seems like they haven't managed to bring, you have to, in, in industrial relations, obviously, particularly the Irish model, you need to build consensus between employees and management, and it's not clear that they've achieved that. Now, there may be restrictions, there's limitations on what Drew Harris can do as, as uh, the commissioner, and we may come back to this again. Because there is big political questions here about what are fundamentally how do we want to resource on Garda Shukana? But, you know, to bring people along with you and achieve progress in an industrial relations process, you need goodwill. It's clear from that vote that that goodwill is lacking. Absolutely. Where did it gone, uh, go to? Why now? And why particularly Drew Harris? Yeah, so I, I can't say I, like I'm not m- completely familiar with the dialogue that's been going on. But the broader context, maybe the broader context. So this. there seems to be growing resentment, and and the question of whether or not this would happen to another commissioner is maybe a good one that's worth exploring or speculating on. When he came in, there was initially opposition, as you might remember. Uh, but that was a lot of it was couched in terms of about having any outsider at all coming in to run the organisation. There was a lot of hostility, a lot of like dark murmurings about what would happen if we brought in this outsider. Uh, but the sky didn't fall in. And in, in many respects, you know, someone who spends a lot of time looking at policing, not just in Ireland, but internationally, he has brought through some very important changes 
for example, things one of the things that the GRA certainly don't like, and that's not unusual for police trade unions, they do not like the disciplinary measures that he has brought in. Or what changes have been made there? Because he came in in a context, the reason that an outsider was welcomed by people outside of Ungartha Siakana was because it was perceived a clean broom was needed after initially I suppose if we went far enough back the Morris Tribunal and later then the Disclosures Tribunal sure. where there were certain issues that just had not been tackled or addressed of a cultural nature. Absolutely and I think what the Disclosures Tribunal in particular showed us is that at the top level of governance in Ungartha Siakana uh, so the commissioner uh, and and below the the ranks just below him uh, at that time was Martin Callan and at that time uh, that there was definitely a culture problem in terms of good governance good practice and I'd say there was a, a serious what, what the disclosures tribunal showed us was that there was a problem of abuse of power quite serious abuse of power relating specifically to the commissioner absolutely himself, at and that his time press Martin, officer absolutely yeah. uh, Martin Callan and so. I mean, we didn't, it's, it, it wasn't articulated very much but in this way. But what I think that demonstrated was a serious culture problem at, at the top level of management. And so what the choice of bringing in an outsider was to try and remedy that. And he has brought in some other outsiders to very senior positions as well. To, again, to try and remedy the culture problems at the top level of management. All right. And I should mention that the press officer I'm referring to there is, uh, was uh, Superintendent Dave Taylor. Dave Taylor. I just, just the... the, the the disciplinary issues specifically, what does a good disciplinary structure look like in Angarda Shikana? Is that what the commissioner is attempting to, to uh, roll out? Yeah. And in what ways is it causing friction? So there's two elements, I think, to the disciplinary changes that he has brought in. Some of the high level stuff that I think is really valuable is he's the first commissioner it's his, under his tenure. It's the first time Angarda Shikana has actively tried to address corruption within the force. So you have very high profile criminal investigations into members of Angarda Shukana. That just did not happen in the history of the force. And it led a lot of people in politics, in the media, I think, into a complacent situation, which was to believe Angarda Shukana was clean as a whistle, something exceptional about policing. Right. And, and this internal structure in some ways was to kind of offset another morale issue, which was that the external scrutiny Absolutely. by GSOC yeah. had caused problems amongst Garda rank and file. So in, in some ways, hardening up the internal structures was an attempt to strike a compromise that would keep Gardaí on side. Yeah, that's definitely one way of interpreting. There are possible other interpretations, which I won't go into here. Um, slightly more cynical, possibly. But yeah, so that's that one area of discipline, which is criminality and corruption within the force. And there's been, like from the outside, it looks like very positive moves. Now, GRA and other organisations, police, uh, police trade unions never like disciplinary measures. They never like, because their raison d'etre is to protect their membership, okay? And in other jurisdictions you see them get, they lobby, jury to be fair to them, haven't lobbied as aggressively as you see in other jurisdictions like in the US, uh, some police unions in the US. The other disciplinary measures which are getting a lot of voice, so people aren't really talking about what we've just spoken about, are the kind of more, what they're describing as paperwork, internal governance uh, systems, which just were completely lacking before Drew Harris's tenure. These okay. are the administrative duties that rank and file guardy. They complain of having to yeah. come off the street Absolutely. to file paperwork yeah. and put in a lot of details into, say, the pulse system. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say, firstly, I have a degree of sympathy. I'll come back to why I have a degree of sympathy with them. But the need for having that kind of bureaucracy within Angarda Shirakana was absolutely essential. It was not and it remains not a very transparent, it's not at all a transparent police force by international comparisons. Uh, But part of the reason why it was so opaque was 
the internal governance systems, the documentation were, was very, very poor. Record keeping was really, really poor. So part of what he's attempted to do is to bring in a proper governance structure which relies on this bureaucracy. Why I have sympathy for members of Angarda Siakana, and I, you know, I, I wrote a piece in The Examiner about a month ago about this question. So the political response has been, well, we just need to recruit more Gardaí to address this problem. I'm not convinced that's the issue. We're not a particularly under-policed population by international comparisons. What we do lack very significantly is civilian presence within the force. So compared to the UK, for example, where you get 40 to 50 percent of police staff are civilians. In Ireland, it's about 20 percent. And that's why so much of the bureaucratic load has ended up landing on ordinary rank-and-file guardy and sworn officers. OK, and finally, just uh, and briefly before I go to the panel, some of the issues that were brought in at the time of the financial crisis, mm-hmm. this is only working through now, sure. in, in, in your opinion, and this is uh, coming up on Drew Harris's watch. Sure, yeah, I mean, as I spoke to your researcher before, a lot of things are coming, are crystallising at this moment, grievances, which I think there are a lot of genuine grievances within GRA membership around work-life balance and things like that. Um, so, yeah, the, the financial crisis, new working models came in, particularly for new entrants, new paying conditions across the public service. And what we're seeing now is that's biting, particularly with the cost of living crisis. Okay. well, we're going to go back to our panel, as we say. We are joined in studio by uh, or down the line by Peter Burke, Minister of State with responsibility for EU affairs and defence. My apologies, Rory O'Moraku, you're also in the EU affairs spokesperson's brief uh, for Sinn Féin and a TD for Loud there. And Senator Marie Sherlock, Labour spokesperson on employment affairs, media, arts, culture and the Gael. To you first, uh, Peter Burke, on this. Your colleague, Helen McEntee, we got a statement from her spokesperson saying that it's really it's up to the Garda commissioner and the representative organisations to go back into talks and hammer that out. Now, there have been months of discussion of this and talks don't seem to have resolved it. Is there anything that government can do to intervene here to try and break this impasse in what has come up in a critical development for morale and on guard the Shia well, I think government has been very active here and is doing a huge amount of work. And if you look at the what's, facts... What specifically on this issue? Well, if you let me articulate them, Colm, I will indeed. Uh, if you look in terms of recruitment, which has been a huge challenge, especially through COVID, when we had a situation whereby Templemore was unfortunately closed, but now it has reopened again. And if you look at the quarterly cycles now into the future, which are very, very strong, we have 87 new Gardaí coming in July. After that is 135, 154, 174. It's building, building, building. The new class of 174 has been the biggest post-COVID. And I think that's a good sign. The GRA says 100 have already left this year. So the, the net figures are lower than the ones you're quoting there. I'm really pointing out the huge increase that's happening right before our eyes over each cycle now that have been attested through uh, Templemore and that is going to continue. And also if you look factually again, 46% of an increase in the budget since 2015 uh, for the vote uh, for Angarda and our justice system. And that really shows that we're working so hard to ensure that communities have the resources to ensure that the best policing model can be rolled out. And I would make one point which I think is very valuable uh, in terms of the context of uh, industrial relations issues is that the GRA fought very hard and rightly so to have the right to go to the WRC. They have that right now and I think it's important that, you know, they 
machinery of the state is let do its job, work with uh, the GRN and Garda Shirkana to come with a solution because all industrial, uh, industrial disputes are worked out when people get around the table and work to a sustainable pathway. All right. Uh, Marie Sherlock, you yourself come from, from a trade union background. Looking at this, what Peter Burke has said there, look, this needs to go to the industrial relations machinery. If the WRC rules that this is an agreed roster and that it needs to be implemented, where do we go from here? Because we're, we're, we're back to where we are now. Well, I think the first thing is there's obviously an enormous amount of frustration amongst Ungar, the Shiakana, and certainly from my conversations with the rank and file over the past number of months, you know, the roster is only one of a, of a vast number of problems. Uh, and I think recruitment, retention, pay are all are, 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 are amongst the issues that, that, that rank and file Gardaí have huge issues with at the moment. So yes, there needs to be a resolution on the roster, but there's a third party to, 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 to the conversation that needs to take place. It cannot just be between the, 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 the commissioner and the GRA. The government have to be at the table as well. And, you know, the minister there has tried to blind us with figures about, about trainees in Temple Moore. But the reality is that we have, uh, you know, lower numbers now than at any time since before the pandemic. And the re- and, and, and if we're lucky, you know, Angartha Shiakana will be just about running to stand still at the end of the year in terms of where it was at the, at the start well, of the year, in terms of recruitments and, and retirements and just, resignations. Just, just on the numbers, it says the, we got a statement from the, the Garda Press Office, which is the current Garda workforce consists of 17,252 personnel, which is 14,000 sworn Garda and another 3,000 odd Garda civilian staff. Uh, in 2012, that's up, uh, that, that's up by 2,000 since 2012. But since, I suppose, March 2020, the figures I'm... Sure. Like, the government has a target of 15,000, right? The reality is the Garda figures are below 14,000 at the moment. They're not going to get to their target this year. And I think to pick up on Kean's point, that there are also, beyond the recruitment, beyond the... Um, uh, recruitment is... is, is, is uh, and I, I heard what Kean had to say about recruitment, but, but I think, you know, use of the Garda Reserve, like, is in bureaucracy within, you know, paperwork within within rank and file. This is something that we're we're continually hearing. And I, and I know certainly in the area where I'm based in, in, in Dublin's north inner city like as in we saw 10 million allocated to additional Garda resources but, but the thing is Garda are telling us they can't even use fully use that budget because it's for overtime and the Garda are simply not there for overtime so the key thing is right we need all those issues put on the table but it cannot just be between the Commissioner and the GRA the, the government also have to be in the room to, to address in terms of pay and in terms of, of I suppose remodelling you know, elements of Angarda Shiakana so that the Garda Reserve can play a greater a part. Rory O'Murakou, the, the Garda could get more numbers in, but the, the Garda Commissioner's argument seems to be that the best use wouldn't be made of those numbers unless the roster changes are made. Right, well, he's talking about the roster in relation to a solution to particular issues. Look, I think it needs to be said the government isn't the spectator here. Uh, Fine Gael have had this ministry for 12 years, so the book does stop with them. So you think it could be solved in the upcoming budget, do you? What uh, no, specifically no, no. do you think here's, should be here's, done? Here's exactly what I'm going to say in relation to the roster issue. Because what you will hear, you've obviously heard in relation to it, guards are talking about all those issues that are impacting on them, and they're talking about their quality of life uh, in relation to operating the roster that they have at this point in time. But 
But you talk to any senior guards operating in any station across this state and what they will tell you is we can operate that roster but to operate that roster it'll mean we will have to take people out of units such as can't take them out of protective services so we'll have to take them out of the drug squad and we'll have to take them out of community policing how popular do you think that's going to be so see till we get that piece sorted I don't know where we're going and as I say the rosters is only the last issue it's like it's the the straw that has broke the GRA and and Gardy's back so Kian O'Croher are we back to numbers then? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the, so this recruitment crisis that Angela Shiokana is facing is not unusual internationally. A lot of police forces around the world are facing recruitment crises. And, you know, Rui mentioned a really interesting part of that problem, which is there's been a lot more specialisation, which is a good thing. You know, specialised police officers doing specialised tasks, but that has taken them away from more front, what we would consider frontline beat duty. Um, I don't think the solution necessarily, so it's, it's a complicated problem at the moment when you're, when you're really struggling to recruit. Shifting the organisation, modernising the organisation, professionalising uh, the organisation, which are some of the big issues that are driving a lot of this, they take time. But there is, I would absolutely agree with the other, the other speakers, there's a political dimension to this and there has been political, ongoing political failure to invest meaningfully in policing over the past few decades. All right, well, government, Peter Burke, has the power to invest. So are we going to see anything to try and reach a resolution to this impasse in the in the upcoming budget? So guard the pay and conditions are sufficient for Gardaí not to be so reliant on overtime? Of course, the government will work through the budgetary process. And, you know, when you say that investment isn't there, we have to look at the facts again. 672 million euro, that's a 46% increase on 2015 levels. The government has been very forward in setting up community safety partnerships that are penetrating right down to communities now really working with those community leaders on the ground and trying to make our, our communities more safer. So I think what has to happen here is that we need cool heads. We really value in government the work that our rank and file members of Angarda Shikana do. We know they have an exceptionally difficult job and to do it with pride <coughs> and with honour. But we will absolutely keep increasing the budget and the machinery is there. We have the structure in the state to resolve these issues and I think the forum is the WRC for people to get around the table and really work out a sustainable uh, solution for uh, the future. And is there any point in going into the WRC before people know exactly what's going to be in the budget and what they're going to be working with? Well, people can be assured in the budget that we're going to continue that upper trajectory in supporting Angarda Shikana and indeed 400 extra prison spaces in the last number of years, 44 additional judges. We're really working to try and sharpen up the criminal justice system and that is a big body of work because we have so many important pieces of legislation coming down to help assist Angarda Shikana as they do their work in communities every single day and government will continue investing at that. Okay, all right. I just want to go to a few texts from our listeners here. I know someone has passed all three stages of tests, etc., to apply for Gardaí. He was turned away because he's not living in Ireland for four years. He's in security at the moment for the past two and a half years. Somebody else saying the Gardaí Commissioner is breathing new life into the force. The country needs Gardaí on the beat. It's up to you, the government, to provide more Gardaí, not the Commissioner. And finally, then the Gardaí signed up to the roster and is now acting like the DUP. We may have signed up to it, but it's, we've now decided it's not what we want, uh, says Dan, texting into 51551. Well, he mentioned the DUP there. We're going to be looking at issues in the North next.